In today's shir, we're going to discuss some of the other aspects of tzedakah, and that is, when it comes to supporting somebody, when it comes to supporting a person who is struggling, Hazal tell us, this is a Taras Kayanim, Parashas Bahar, that a person should support his brother before his brother struggles and before his brother falls. And the Medrash, the, the Taras Kayanim gives a marshal, if you have a donkey that's carrying a package, a very heavy package, if you, as it's falling down, you tilt it back up and you straighten it out, then it's, you'll be able to continue. You don't need that many people to push it straight. But once it falls on the floor, even five people would not be enough to pick it up. Therefore, Bechzaktabai, it says in Taras Kayanim, the mitzvah Bechzaktabai primarily is to make sure that he doesn't falter, he doesn't fall. Because once he falls, it's going to be a lot harder to put the pieces back together than if he didn't fall at all. So now let's examine some of the mitzvahs of tzedakah. What are the levels of the mitzvah of tzedakah that are brought down in Chazal? The highest level that, that, we, that are brought down in Shulchan Aruch, which is a Gemara in Shabbos, Samach the Gemara says, Omer of Abba, Omer of Shimon ben Lakish, Godel ha-malva yoysim na'oysa tzedakah, u-matel b'kis yoysim ikulam. The greatest level of tzedakah is to give somebody a loan, and even greater is to provide him a business, to give him money and provide him a business. For example, he sees that he's a talented mechanic, He's, he tells you, I'll give you money to open a, a garage, open the garage and we'll divide the profits. So this way he gave him a respectable business, he doesn't have to be embarrassed, Rashi says, and he's able to continue and to get on his feet. And that's what the Shulchan Aruch says in Simon Reish from Tessiv Bob. So before he falls, he, he falls to the bottom, right? He saves him. He sees his neighbor, he hears that his neighbor is out of a job. So he goes over to him and starts to schmooze with him. And he says, perhaps you want to come help me out? You want to work for me? You want to open this business together? That's the mitzvah of Vechzaktabai. But the Chavetz Chaim tells us something very important. Chavetz Chaim says, sometimes there's a situation where a person wants to travel, he wants to go traveling, and he has an option to use a Jewish taxi service or a Geisha taxi service. The Chavetz Chaim writes very strongly that people should specifically use a Jewish taxi service, and he says, or any Yiddish worker for any kind of job, as opposed to using a non-Jewish worker. And he says, because of two main mitzvahs, and both of them come really from Vechzaktabai, one is our mitzvah Vechzaktabai to prevent him from falling and suffering and struggling. And the other mitzvah Vechzaktabai is the mitzvah of buying Jewish, which we spoke in previous shiurim. When you want to buy something, you should specifically buy from a, a Yid as opposed to a guy. So if you have an option to take an Uber or a Lakeway, you should take a Lakeway. Now what if the Lakeway is more expensive? So in that case, we have a Chavetz Chaim here that says, he brings at the end also, that even if it's a little more expensive, the Ramah and Shuvah Saramah Simen Yud, the famous Shuvah Saramah passes, that even if using the Jewish service is going to be more expensive, it's worth extra money. And then the Chavetz Chaim says, that not only that, in the schus of the Mitzvah of a person should have betachen 
that that will make that whatever he needs to do will work out. This is the lesson that he says. And the schos that a person is mekayim, this mitzvah which is the highest level of tzedakah, could the isa be every day assuming ratio test. Yitin lo Hashem is barach atzlocha ba'abayish aboy noisay. Oy ba'nesiyah shenisay above. So if he uses his Jewish workers to build or a Jewish taxi, Hashem will make that his his house will be successful or his taxi will be his trip will be successful. Milvats lo yamuchin lo yamelam above. Or is that besides for the schar? that Hashem is going to pay back in the next world. Basically, a person who uses a Yiddish worker is going to have a schos that it's going to work out. So those are the, that's the highest level of tzedakah. Now, what are the, what's the next level down? It's brought down in Shulchan Aruch. The next level down is when the giver doesn't know who's getting, and when the receiver doesn't know who gave. That neither one knows of the other one. Generally speaking, when an organization collects tzedakah, the person who's giving doesn't know exactly to which poor person it's going. On the other hand, the person who's receiving it doesn't know who, which, which money is coming specifically to him, from which giver. So the highest level would be, that he, at least from these levels, the next level down would be that he do, neither one knows of the other one. The level under that would be that the person receiving it doesn't know who gave it. And the level under that would be that the person giving it doesn't know who got it, but the receiver knows who gave it. Now, this, uh, so we find, the Gemara says a very interesting case. The Gemara says, the famous Gemara, that Mar'ukva used to have a customer who would leave four, four zuz every week by the doorstep of, of a poor person, and, and then he would run away. At one time, the poor person wanted to know who's the one that's leaving the, the money by his doorstep. And he, won, and he decided he's going to run out, he's going to check, he's going to see who's the one that left the money there. The Mara says as follows, There was a poor person that The poor person said, let me go see who's the one that's doing this favor for me. His wife was with him that day. When the poor person saw that people were coming, there was a shadow by the doorstep. He ran outside. So they ran away from him. They went into an oven to have a group of nur that the coals had just been removed. And his feet were burnt. The Marokva. Pick up your feet and put them on my feet. So the Mara says, He felt bad. Why is my wife's feet not burning in my mind? Why don't I have that schos? So she said to him, I know so I, I'm at home most of the time. And therefore, when a poor person comes, I give them ready made food so they have a bigger anah. So that's an extra, it's a higher level. So therefore, I have that schos. Then the Gemara says, but why did they have to run into an oven? What was so terrible if he would see them? Umay kuli hai. Why go to such extremes? Because we have a rule, it's better that a person to throw himself into a fire instead of embarrassing his friend in public. We see, says the Gemara, 
that the concept of, of avoiding embarrassing the onion when you give them tzedakah is something that's very important. And therefore, a person should try to make sure not to do that. So the obvious question is, so how come our Okva didn't just give the money to an organization? Let the organization give it to them. So the Gemara in Baba Basra, the Gemara says over there that the Gemara goes to the different levels of tzedakah which we mentioned. The Gemara says the highest level which saves a person from a misa mishuna, from an unnatural death, is when he gives tzedakah in a way that the giver doesn't know who he's giving to and the receiver doesn't know who he's getting. And then you have one without the other. And then the Gemara says that if a person is able to, to give it in a way that it doesn't go, then neither one knows it's the best. So how, how can you do that? The Gemara says you give it to Arniki Shaltzdaka. means like a communal collection box, a pushka, or the shul's uh, organization, tzedakah organization. In those cases, the giver doesn't know who's giving it, the receiver doesn't know who's getting it, and there's not a problem. But the Gemara says that that's, they bring this, the Gemara brings a statement from Elazar ben Yaakov. Elazar ben Yaakov, Omer, Elazar ben Yaakov, Lo'yitin Adam pruta la'arnikish al-tzedakah elim came b'muna le'akrib chanani ben tradyoyin. You only give money to Kupesh Tzedakah only if the director, the treasurer of the Kupesh Tzedakah is of the integrity, impeccable um, credentials like Hanidim Ben Tradyam. So basically, the Gemara is telling us that when you give Tzedakah to an organization, you have to make sure the organization is being run by honest, upstanding individuals, and then you can give money to them and get that high level that the giver doesn't know who's getting, and the getter doesn't know who's, who's giving. However, in the situation of Ma'okva, and the Gemara brings the case of Abba as well, both of those cases were cases where they did not have the other option, for whatever reason, where they didn't feel the Gavit Tzedakah was trustworthy. Therefore, they gave it in this kind of way. But obviously, there's a better way, and that's without giving it in a way that the person gets embarrassed. Sometimes you can put it through an organization and the person thinks that it's coming from somebody else. It's also good, but it's but still, it's the best as if that that neither side knows. It's not Mishra for a boy, I think, brings down that even if the Gabbai doesn't either know, that's even a higher level, that's even a better level. It's not brought down in Shulchanach, but it, that's a higher level. Now, another part of the mitzvah of tzedakah is, is the attitude of giving tzedakah. The attitude of giving tzedakah, the Gemara tells us in Ashutvim and Baba Basra, that a person who gives tzedakah is benched with six blessings, six brachas. A person who, who comforts the Ani, who, who speaks to him and makes him feel better, takes away his worries, emotionally he, he assists the Ani, that person is benched with eleven brachas. And Titus points out that those are two different things. That means to say, if a person does both, he gives a pruta to an ani, and he also comforts the ani, he's eichel to 17 brachas, which is a tremendous amount of brachas. So therefore, we pass the Mechaber passes that when a person gives tzedakah, he should give tzedakah v'sever upon him yafais, v'v'sivchah v'tayv levav, and he should commiserate with the ani, and he should make him feel good, and he should speak to him dir v'talchumen. On the other hand, he gives it to him all upset, and he's, un- he's unhappy that he has to give, he's not, he's not going to get the mitzvah of tzedakah. Now the Shach points out that that doesn't mean to say that he was not mad at the Ani and he screamed at him and threw a man on his head. 
It just means to say that he gave it begrudgingly. He didn't give it properly. That's a very low level of tzedakah. But if he exploded at the Ani and he screamed at him and whatever, in that case, not only doesn't he get any of of tzedakah, he gets a terrible punishment for doing such a thing. The Medrash in Bashar Bahar says something very interesting. The Medrash says, unfortunately, this is more common than we may think. If the rich person tells the poor person, Less at Azel Loy Vinogis. Why don't you go work? Chame Shakir and Chame Karan, Chame Kasim and Chame Kufran, go to the marketplace. Look, there's a store, there's a bank, there's a hairdresser, there's a bakery. Why can't you do any of these jobs? It's not enough that you didn't give him from your own thing. But what I gave him, says Hashem, you want him to feel bad, you want to, you want, you don't, you don't. You don't feel good. You begrudge him the fact that he has anything. You think that he should... This is the way that I made him, says Hashem. Lefikah, therefore, Hashem says that a person who talks like that, he's going to have a son, and his son's not going to have a... The wheel of life is going to turn, and then his son is going to be poor, and he's going to have to go collecting because of the way that he spoke about Hashem's children by saying how come they can't go work and why they're coming to me and this and that. Another problem with the attitude of giving tzedakah is, is how it's given. Is it given for kavod? Is it given for honor? Some people can only give tzedakah if they get something out of it. They have their name or this and that. So technically, are you allowed to give tzedakah because you want to put your name on something? So the Gemara tells us that a person who gives tzedakah, it's a guyish thing to give tzedakah in order to be able to brag about it. You want to give tzedakah because you want to brag about it. That's a that's a goyish uh, midah. However, if a person does it for for other reasons, or he's doing it primarily because he wants to give tzedakah, but he also wants to have his name on it. So this question was already posed earlier, already during the time of the Rishonim and the Rashba. They asked the Rashba about a certain fellow that built a shul, and he wants to put his name on the shul. So the Rashba said that he has the right to put his name on the shul. And the other people can't stop him. And the Rashi says, I have a raya for you. In fact, I have a lot of rayas for you. What's the raya? Because you see, the Torah advertises people who, does a, who do a mitzvah. The Torah says that Ruvain, Vayishma Ruvain, Vayatzilayim Ruvain heard, and he saved Yosef from the brothers. So the Torah publicizes the, the mitzvah of Ruvain. So we see that it's a mitzvah to publicize people who do mitzvahs. And therefore, why? Because you incentivize other people to do mitzvahs. Other people also, they look at it, they see it's an important thing, they have a cheshit to do mitzvahs. There's another reason given by the Taz. The Taz has a reason that when you put somebody's name on it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ensure that it's going to stay for that purpose. It's not going to be changed to be moved somewhere else. Sometimes if you don't put the name, then, then, people t- then the, it's at the discretion of the treasurers to switch the money from here to there, even though they shouldn't be switching it necessarily in some of the cases. And therefore, they have the, the right to request that their name should be on it. The Vizley Chuba brings down a very funny Shiloh that there was a treasurer who collected money from the community, and then he hired a painter to paint the shul. And then when they refaced, they redid the shul, he wants to put a plaque, he put a plaque, I think, he wants to put a plaque with his name that he is the treasurer, he put a plaque with, he, so-and-so, the treasurer, hired workers, and they painted the shul. And then, a few years later, someone complained, or the community complained, they said, you didn't give your own money to paint the shul, 
Why should you have your name on the wall? What, what do you deserve to get the, the... So he says, what do you mean? I put an effort. I had to oversee the workers. I had to collect the money, this and that. So does he have the right to have his name on the wall or not? So the Bisley Truva says, no, he does not have the right. He has the right if it would have been his own money or if he would have painted the shul himself. If he would have taken paint and painted the walls of the shul and make it nice, he has the right to put his name on it. But if he just was a shatzan, he collected some of the money and he hired the painters, then he doesn't have the right to put it on. I'm not saying it's not a smart thing to do to offer to put his name on if you want to incentivize somebody to, to make sure the shul is fixed. But al Allah, could he demand it? Does it go, is it included in the Rashba's tshuva that he has the right to do it, to be mefarsim when he's a mitzvah? It's not included in that halacha, says a pisli tshuva. Another very interesting shayla happened. There was a fellow in shul that when they did psicha, he noticed that in the inside of the door of the menorah, they had the engraving of the menorah of Lamatzeh. And we know that when you say Lamatzeh from the menorah, it's a schos, it's a protection for people. But the problem was that it wasn't engraved, it was on a paper, or at least it wasn't a nice looking thing. And so he took off the paper, and he was an artist, and he engraved a beautiful menorah and whatever, really, really nice, something very special. Nobody said anything because it looked very nice. So fine, it stayed that way for a few years. And then one day he put a plaque under it with his name, that this menorah, this happened all the day, so and so. So people started to complain. Who gave you the right to put your name on the Aaron for the menorah? The, the, the wall of the Aaron, the door of the Aaron belongs to the shul, it doesn't belong to you. Yeah, you're right, you engraved it and this and that, but you have the right to put it, your name there. So the Tzamech Tzedek in the Tshuva says that he does not have the right to put his name on it because he says a very interesting svara. He says because since it's a schos to save the Lametzeh from the menorah, and the schus belongs to everyone in the shul, so if you put your name on it, that's equivalent to taking away the schus from the people in the shul. And therefore, you can't put your name specifically on it, because that shows you didn't do it for other people, you did it for yourself, and that's reducing other people's share in the mitzvah. So if the intention of the artist was to reduce other people's share in the mitzvah, he can't put his name on this door of the, of the door of the shul. On the other hand, we just said before, the Pesachua says if a person paints the walls himself, he has a schos, so I mean, it could be, here is a case where it was a schos, there was a merit by the fact that it was the, the menorah of the Lamatzeach. On the other hand, it would be something that wasn't necessarily a schos, it's just he created the schos by painting a beautiful painting on the wall, or, or maybe putting nice moldings on the ceiling or whatever, then he would have the right to put his name on a plaque that he, that he gave this, uh, he beautified the shul in this kind of way.